recognize that the very molecules that make up your body, the atoms that construct the molecules, are traceable to the crucibles that were once the centers of high-mass stars, that exploded their chemically enriched guts into the galaxy, enriching pristine gas clouds with the chemistry of life, so that we're all connected to each other biologically, to the Earth chemically, and to the rest of the universe atomically. That's kind of cool. That makes me smile. And I actually feel quite large at the end of that. It's not that we are better than the universe, we're part of the universe. We're in the universe and the universe is in us. I know don't this. Tess, this is going to sound insane. I thought, do you know what I thought the announcement was? What did you think? Did you think I was pregnant? I thought you were. <laughs> I, I, am, I am so sorry. He's curious, is Saudi Arabia cute now? Exactly. The only way to be 100% sure exactly. is to read it yourself and make your own judgment. And, yeah. and then he says to me, he said, no one would would check out books from the adult section and give them to their kids and then complain <laughs> about the content, would they? <laughs> so, big up yourself. Yeah. Not, not, if, if, if people aren't big upping you, go ahead and big up yourself. And it's true, you won't always please all the people all the time. It's just, that's just a fact of life. He is cute though, because he'll, he'll come up to me. I'm like getting milk or something. Like, hey, Mr. Eric, uh, you should uh, order this pizza. I made it today. I was like, oh, thanks, Justin. Thanks. <laughs> hey, guys. Hey, you're listening to Same Team Y'all. And my name is Tess. My name's Eric. And you just heard a really fantastic quote from a patron scientist of the podcast. Yeah, I'm actually holding a mug. <laughs> we did not really plan are. this. Tess <laughs> handed me a mug for my uh, my uh, tea that we always drink when recording that uh, says, uh, y'all, and then there's a grown-up word, needs science. And it's got a picture of uh, Dr. Tyson right Dr. there. Dr. Neil deGrasse yeah. Tyson. Mm-hmm. I'm a really big fan of him, so I'm excited that you picked him as our quote this week. Well, uh, how about this? Uh, well... We've decided to kind of branch out. We usually have quotes just from our patron philosopher, Alan Watts, but, I mean, there's all kinds of quotes out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. same quotes, y'all. Same quotes, yeah. And that was a really good one, I thought. You know, I yeah. like Same this. team, y'all. Same atoms, y'all. Yeah, same uh, universe, same y'all. Same universe, y'all. <laughs> uh, this podcast, same team, y'all, is the one where two librarian best friends talk about stuff that we're loving, uh, tell some library and life lessons that we've learned along the way. We do this in our small way to try to make the world a better place. 
um, perhaps bring about a second era of uh, good feelings. Less plank to it. <laughs> yeah, no big deal. <laughs> the um, Tess, before you roll into, do you have anything to mention before you roll into stuff for loving? Well, I have one announcement for what, you. What's the special announcement? Um, I, remember I told you Judy is listening to our podcast now? What's up, Judy? What's up, Judy? Uh, Judy had something to tell us about Fortnite. <laughs> this is... Oh, okay. <laughs> Do you remember? Are we talking about the video game Fortnite? <laughs> no. Okay. About the word Fortnite? Yes. I A few episodes ago, you said that you were pretty sure it was called a Fortnite because that's how long it, it took. It took two weeks to build a fort? Right. <laughs> she, Am I off by a week or she two? She said she's pretty sure that it's Fortnite because there are 14 nights in two weeks. Ooh. And we're a fortnightly podcast, so it's just that's, she's pretty sure that's where the word Fortnite That makes comes sense, from. too. I think that makes sense, too. So, I mean, I'm not... Uh, I kind of like the idea of people building a fort in just two weeks. <laughs> she, like, said, she said you probably could build a pretty good fort in two weeks, but she's pretty sure that's where it came from, too. Oh, but man. I think both of, both of those definitions are great. 14 <laughs> nights and a fortnight probably makes more sense. I think I just... Really like the idea of people building a fort very quickly. Yeah, and yeah. I think you also had an announcement about our contest. Oh, yeah. Well, speaking... So I was going to tell you, um, uh, fair listeners, that if you have any other theories about the origins of the word Fortnite, uh, send that email in at... <laughs> SameTeamYall at gmail.com. But, Tess, you're right. We are starting our first ever Same Team Y'all contest. Woo! Cue the music. Is there going to be music here? There might. Yeah! E- either, either it'll just be us awkwardly waiting for music to play, or music will be there. Um, but Tess, why don't you tell our fair listeners what this same team y'all, um, what this contest is all about. Oh, it's very simple. Mm-hmm. We want you to email us, uh, sametemyall at gmail.com. Email us uh, some stuff that you love. We're always telling you mm-hmm. stuff that we love. We're really interested to hear some stuff that you love. Yeah. So email us. Tell us some stuff you love. Eric and I are going to pick the email we like the best, and we will send that person something nice. Yeah, we will send them a Same Team Y'all badge. Mm-hmm. You can pin on your shirt or your bag or your skin, but that will hurt. And an Amazon gift card for an undisclosed amount of money. Keep in mind, we work for the public library system. <laughs> so we've spent uh, 32 episodes, counting this on 33 episodes, telling you, fair listeners, what we love. We would love, love to hear what you guys are loving. Yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I, I can't wait. Emails are going to start I, I will. In. I'll tell you guys right now that we don't get a lot of emails <laughs> all the time, hence the contest. So if you want that sweet badge and that sweet Amazon gift card, uh, just by sending an email in, you've got a pretty good shot of winning this thing. Yeah. 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 And uh, also another big announcement. So many announcements. I kind of like a lot of announcements. (laughs) So many announcements. Uh, Eric and I both saw the movie Solo, a Star Wars Uh, story. Mm -hmm. And uh, we wanted to talk about it on the podcast, but... We uh, were apprehensive that perhaps not not everyone has seen the movie Solo, yeah. and we didn't want to put out any spoilers for mm-hmm. anyone who hadn't seen the movie Solo. So after the podcast, we're going to do our podcast as per usual, mm-hmm. and then after the positivity party, after the music at the end, 
Eric and I are going to stick around and talk about the movie Solo, a Star Wars Join us in the secret cantina. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, whenever we talk about something that's still like in the theaters, you know, um, we try to be respectful of everyone that uh, may not want to be spoiled. And uh, so we always put it at the end. Tess, would you believe we have another announcement? Oh my goodness. Someone just recently had a birthday, didn't they? Oh, it was me. It was you. <laughs> Happy birthday, Miss oh, Tess. In this bag, I hope you don't have this already. Uh-oh. I have a birthday present Uh-oh. for you. A birthday present. Do you see the <gasps> name? You D- like David Lynch? A have book you about ever read this? David Lynch. I have never read okay, this. Here, t- uh, for the listeners, this is a book by David Lynch. Who? If who is this person, Tess? <laughs> David Lynch is a director, and he happens to be co co creator of one of my favorite TV shows, yeah. Twin Peaks. Yeah, he wrote this book, and I'm giving this to you for a birthday present. Oh, Why don't you read the title thank of this book? You. It's called Catching the Big Fish: mm-hmm. Meditation, Consciousness, and Creativity. Oh. oh, remember earlier I was talking about all the stuff I've been buying off Amazon. <laughs> 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 that was another thing too. I didn't know if you've read it yet. It's like a bunch of really short chapters, like just one page or half a page each. He talks a lot about his creative process and a lot of... I didn't know this until I bought the book that he's real big into... He's like, really into meditation. Yeah, he's huge yeah. into that, which is probably why Amazon, like, uh, uh, suggested it to me in the first place. Because you are also yeah. huge into meditation. Yeah, I would like to be, you know? This is awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much, You Eric. are so welcome, Miss Tess. Man. I saw the book and I thought of you and Aww. I said, you would really... And apparently there's quotes in, or there's Interviews in there with Paul McCartney and Ringo, and Ringo Starr. Because <laughs> is he friends with the Beatles? Uh, I guess so. How the crazy is interviews it? With yeah, them. I've thumbed through it a little bit, and it's actually pretty cool. So Look at this guy. Yeah, I didn't realize David Lynch was so cool looking. He's so cool. Looking. Well, he's cooler Look looking hair. as David Lynch than he has as the character he plays in Twin Peaks. Gordon Cole. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Gordon Cole's a nice looking guy, but that guy <laughs> that I'm pointing at the book, listeners, is a cool looking dude. <laughs> Thank you, Eric. You're very welcome, Miss Tess. Would you like to talk about some stuff we love? Let's do it. This is the stuff that we love. We love! This is the stuff that we love. We love it so much. This is the stuff that we love so much. Yeah. Okay, I'm pointing at you. I'm pointing at me. Who's going first? Uh, You go first. I'll go first. So, um... There's a movie theater that is right down the road from me. It's like five minutes from my house. Mm-hmm. Called, it's one of the RC theaters. That's like the brand. And they do free family movies. Oh. Um, I know for sure throughout the summer. I don't know if it's all the time, but it's usually a movie that's been out of the theater for a bit uh, that you can find on DVD. And it's like at 10 on like a weekday, like not okay. during the weekend. But they're free. You know, you can show up with their family. And we thought to ourselves, hmm, this would be a good opportunity to take... Freya to the movie theater because see how she does see how she does because well Freya is a great kid but I would never want to take Freya Freya's not a baby anymore by the way she's a toddler but a young little girl like that into the theater because she might be loud or disruptive right, right, right. and if people spend good money on a movie but I kind of figured if it's a free movie right, right and there's a lot of families there already and um. That it would be okay. So we took Freya to see 
Paddington 2. <laughs> Have you seen the Paddington 1 or 2? I saw the first Paddington movie and I really enjoyed it. I um, have not seen Paddington 2. Amanda and I very much love the first movie. Uh, we thought it was kind of amazing. And then we, we went to see the second one and I got to see half of the second one. <laughs> and Fre- So here's the deal. Freya was really into watching all the... Uh, all the people. Okay. Because right? there's a lot of people. Other people in the theater. In the theater, exactly. And she was really interested in the tiles on the walls. Like there's these columns <laughs> with these really cool glass tiles. She was into those. And she was okay with sitting for a Did bit. Did they keep the lights up in the theater? They actually right? lowered okay. them. I thought oh, that, okay. I thought they would keep them up, you know, because I thought that would be a little bit... More family friendly. Yeah, but they did, they did lower them, and it was a packed house. Like, it was oh. packed. Well, people love to do stuff with their kids. Yeah, and, and it's free. And they love to do stuff with their kids for free. Well, so. good thing we showed up early, because I think they were... And some families showed up with, like... Like five or six kids. Mm-hmm. I don't know where they sat, you know? But anyway, Freya, the first half, she was really kind of into it. Like the movie. And every once in a while, she'll stand up on my lap and look at everyone behind me. Because she was into that. Like, look yeah. at all these people. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> and there were some really special moments where there's like some physical comedy involved. Because yeah. Paddington often gets like in the shenanigans. Yes. And she, there were some great magic moments where I'm laughing, Amanda's laughing, the audience is laughing, Freya's laughing. Because, you know, well, not just with young children but with like anyone sometimes you're off on like wavelengths like you talk to a person you're happy they're sad you're talking to a person you're mentioning something and they hear that same thing but they think you're talking about something else Mm -hmm. and the same is true for Freya and myself because sometimes I'm talking about something and she's somewhere else but our wavelengths were synced up for like that first I say for that first 40 something minutes it was really good because she's a really for new listeners Freya is 17 months old so she's still really little but then once she hit like that Kind of 45-minute mark, she really wanted to get some wiggles out, you know, which is understandable. So then I kind of took her off to the side, and uh, she's now walking now, by the way, which is a big deal. She's really into walking, and she was walking (laughs) up and down the aisle, like, off to the side. And then we explored the lobby for a bit. And then after a while, Amanda, like, came in and found me. I was like, we don't have to finish this, which we were – that's why we did the free movie, right? And I was like, okay. So I played an arcade game. We did, like, a Cruise in USA kind of game, and – she kept hitting the button for more NOS <laughs> to make the car go fast, and we had fun. But and it was just a great experience, is oh, what it was. Very you know, cool. great movie. One day I like to watch the other half of Paddington too. <laughs> um, it was a really good movie, but what made it special was spending that time, Freya's first time in a movie theater. Paddington you know? also is kind of like a secretly deep movie because it's actually like an adoption story. Yeah. Because Paddington is from dark Peru, and he is taken in by this very nice British family, and he's so cute. <laughs> that first movie, and the first, the second movie follows this trend, too, but that first movie is so good where it's like Paddington is better because of them, like yeah. he's got a home, but then they're better because of him as well. It's this great... That first movie does a lot of smart stuff with the color red, too. Like, yeah. you know how they do flashbacks, and it's like showing... I don't know the name of the dad, but the guy from Downton Abbey. Yeah, yeah. Lord <laughs> like, Grantham. Thank you. And he's like right in the motorcycle, but they're wearing like all red. Like red is like a color they use to like symbolize like this passion in life. And then like as Paddington's... His Paddington's hat is red. His hat is red, yeah. And as he's in the house, more red appears in the house, like red flowers and this. But yeah, that second movie is very good. Um, awesome. I'll see how it ends one day. But um, <laughs> yeah, at the end, um, we even brought... Freya has a Paddington bear... That we brought with us, and we were like, "Look!" And I think she figured it out. Like she that's, the, it out. I think that's she was like, "That's the same bear." Same yeah, bear. it's the same. 
I, this, same bears, y'all. Same, yeah, this is the same bear, Freya. You know, so <laughs> um, watching a movie with Freya in her first time in a movie theater is a stuff that I'm loving. Nice. Um, last episode, I told you I've been listening to so many good podcasts. <laughs> it was hard to pick which one to talk about. Swimming in podcasts. Swimming in podcasts. I'm going to talk about another one this week. Another great podcast. And it's uh, specifically also a recommendation for uh, your wife, Amanda. A podcast for Amanda. Yeah, Amanda, if you're listening. Okay. Well, it's a podcast for everyone, but specifically, I'm so interested I think, in this I think Amanda will like it. I think the only podcast Amanda listens to is this one. I think she might and like it. And that's because she's a great wife. I think <laughs> she might like this one. It's called Getting Curious. Mm. With Jonathan Van Ness. Okay, I'm and, curious. And it's uh, Jonathan from Queer Eye. Oh, she loves him. Yes, and he's curious about things. He's curious about all kinds of things. Give me some things he's curious about. Oh, well, he's curious about how he can be more polite to bees. Oh. And he's curious about who were the Beyonce and the Adele of Renaissance art. Ooh. And he's curious about all kinds of different topics in science. And he's curious, is Saudi Arabia cute now? I don't know. Let's find out. What, just the whole country? So, yeah. So <laughs> it's very, a podcast? Yeah. And he gets on different experts about uh, these different topics. So he gets, like, doctors of, like, Middle Eastern culture to come on and talk about, is Saudi Arabia cute now? <laughs> like, he has, like, uh, uh, different, yeah, different experts from different universities come on and talk to him about all of the topics that he's interested in. Like, it's very, his most recent episode... Um, it was a, uh, it was kind of a more serious getting curious, but it was like he was interested in, he was curious about uh, how can we um, uh, suicide is a mm. epidemic in our country, and how can we better support our friends who are thinking about maybe killing themselves? And so he had a uh, a person who runs a hotline come on and talk about that. So it's all just like topics that all he kinds is of curious stuff. about That's great. and he gets experts to come on and talk to him and of course he's Jonathan so he's like he's very animated and expressive yeah. in the conversation and he's so enthusiastic and um, it's just a really delightful podcast and I feel like Jonathan would really get like into our same team y'all philosophy because I feel like he really gets into the whole kind of like loving stuff that you love well, when, with your whole heart and when we um when when we're when I'm watching Queer Eye with Amanda I mean they're it's like point for point yeah. we kind of try to go for with same team y'all you yeah know? and he really and I. I just, and like sometimes he'll be curious about something and he'll admit that uh, he was wrong about something. <laughs> like for instance, like like a silly one, for instance, was in that, like the Renaissance art one. He he said, "Oh, so this happened back in the Dark Ages," and the expert was like, oh. "Well, we prefer to call it the kind of the medieval period." And he was like, "Oh no, it's not woke to call it the Dark Ages. I'm so sorry." <laughs> <laughs> or like um, during the suicide one, they were talking about a specific religious group. And Jonathan said, I don't like that religious yeah. group 
because I think that they're mean to LGBT people. And the the expert, the guy who runs the hotline, he's like, well, I wouldn't put down any religious group. I think that you can be in the LGBT community and also be a person of faith. And Jonathan was like, oh, you make a really good point. So he, That's you know, awesome. I mean, the point of the podcast is that he's curious. He wants to know more. And I love that. I love that. I think that a lot of people are sort of afraid of being curious. They they don't want to admit that they don't know mm-hmm. things, that they don't want to have to look it up. They don't want, you know, like either because it takes effort or because it shows that, you know, that's a weakness for you. Um, or in their head, they're thinking everyone else knows this and I don't. So right. let me just keep nodding. Yeah, Right. Yeah. But the truth is, none of us know anything. Look it up. Ask somebody. The, it's okay. The only way you learn something is by admitting you don't know yeah, it, Yeah, right? and by being yeah. curious. And so I think Jonathan is a really good role model for all of us. And I, I've really enjoyed listening to his podcast. And I hope that lots of other people can uh, listen to it and also be curious about things. And, and what's it called again? It's called Getting Curious with Jonathan Van Ness. How many episodes are there so oh, far? There's lots of episodes. So. Like five or six, right? No. <laughs> like, there's many, many episodes. But you but you know what? You can pick up at any point. Like, just go through the list and pick up just a few that you're interested in. Um, he also has interviews with uh, his fellow um, Queer Eye guys. Like, I think he did one. He's curious as to... Uh, like, who gave permission to Karamo to be so cute? (laughs) 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 Or, what are you all about, Tan? Like, that's one of the things he's curious about. So, um, so there's, it's a really fun podcast, and getting curious is one of the stuffs I've been loving this past fortnight. It's when you sent me the note about getting curious, I was like, what is she curious about? What is she she curious about? I've been getting curious along with Jonathan about all kinds of things. Um, my second stuff that I'm loving is, um, you know this, but I was a history major when I was at college mm-hmm. at the College of Southern Maryland, and I was a history major. I got my bachelor's in history, and then I decided to become a librarian. Um, I don't know what got me thinking. Oh, I know what this was. Um, <laughs> last, Our last episode was a lot about how we influence other people, mm-hmm. and we may not always know about it, yeah. or maybe we've influenced someone for the better, and they never got around to telling us, right? right? You know? And it really got me thinking about this uh, teacher, uh, pr- this professor I had at college, at CSM, the College of Southern Maryland, uh, that really, I felt, like, best prepared me for, like... Not that CSM isn't real school, but, like, once I got my associates and got, like, it gets progressively harder, right? Yeah. Like, I'm going for my bachelor's, it's harder. I got for my master's, it's even harder. And I felt like she, like, challenged me in a way that I think best prepared me for life after my associates. Okay. Uh, her name is Dr. Arnold Laurie. I happened to look her up. She's still teaching at CSM. And just today, I took the time, not that it's, like, a big whoop or anything, but I took the time to write her a... Uh, thank you letter for uh, all that she did for me. Now, this is probably a decade ago. Now I think of it. I was her student, you yeah. know, uh, a history teacher. And I took uh, three classes with her. Uh, one of them was like uh, women, history of women in Europe. And I did an honors project for her that I think best prepared me for like research papers at the 
like the graduate level because it was like the biggest thing I'd ever written before. Little did I know, like as I went up the college ladder, that biggest, the thing I thought was the biggest thing I ever written was going to be like every week, you <laughs> yeah. know? But I mean, it just like how to like proper how, properly cite things, mm-hmm. how to find good sources, how to how to put footnotes, how to I would give her some of my rough drafts on this honors paper, and she would just like tear it to bits but that was to you know Help prepare you. me yeah. and i've i don't not that i often think about it but we were pretty close when we like an honors project at college of southern Maryland was like you have a special project that you work on throughout the year you opt in and i didn't want to do it but she thought i had a good idea and that i could do it and then we work on it together and um i thought that really prepared me and so today i wrote a uh a letter to her because i realized she's still teaching and i was able to find her email through That's the awesome. faculty website yeah um, I don't know if she'll respond. Um, you know, it was just earlier today, but I don't know. It's just one of those things that you don't know how you've influenced someone's life unless they tell you, right? Right. So, and uh, writing a thank you letter to someone who's impacted my life, who I've literally have not talked to in a decade, <laughs> is a stuff that I'm loving. Nice. So, thank you, Dr. Arnold Laurie. There's not a chance... That she listens to this. So I, I, I didn't mention the podcast in the email. <laughs> I, sh- I should have. By the way. You know. So anyway. <laughs> um, I uh, recently had a staycation, which is where you take time off from work and then you don't go anywhere because. You just stay in one spot. Yeah. You can't afford to go anywhere because like you're a, a librarian. Like a sloth. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> you just stay at your house. Um, <laughs> and uh, so I read a lot of books. And some of the books that I read... So your mind went on vacation. Yes, indeed. Far off worlds. Indeed, it did. And I, some of the books that I read were this series called Lock and Key. Okay. By uh, It's a graphic novel series. Okay, I've heard of it, but I've never read it before. Okay. Uh, it's written by Joe Hill, and the art is by Gabriel Rodriguez, and I got so sucked into this series. Like, I became Ooh. really obsessed with it, and uh, I really, really enjoyed it. It's really, really, um, like, dark and twisted. It's, uh, essentially, it's about a family, the Locke family. Okay. And uh, their ancestral home, Key House. And Key House is filled with magical keys that do different things. This sounds cool. Yeah, and the keys open different doors, and the doors lead to different places, and they do different, you know, they can do different things. And, um, but... Uh, only children can know the secrets of the keys. Only young people can know the secrets of the keys. Uh, when you're an adult, you forget the secrets How of the keys. How old do you turn? Like, like, like on your 18th birthday? Basically, yeah. yeah. Basically. Is it like Narnia? Like there's not a set, you know? Essentially, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, because essentially adults can't be trusted with the magic of the keys. Mm. Uh, only children are like innocent enough to play with the keys and not use them for like their like advantage yeah like find a key that goes into like a bank vault or something exactly yeah exactly so um okay so this is not a spoiler but the uh the (laughs) beginning of the series is like basically a gruesome murder where the patriarch of the Locke family is murdered because there's a malicious figure who's trying to get a hold of the keys how many um, keys are there? There's a lot of keys. Oh, like a million? 
Not a million, but probably. There's probably like 100 keys. Oh, that's still a lot of keys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, you don't, I don't know if we've seen all of the keys. I read the series and I saw a lot of keys. I don't even know if they've seen Is all the, the keys. Is the series done? Yes. There are six books in the series. So okay. you could read this, Eric. <laughs> did they come out? <laughs> did they come out? You're like, a completist. In single issues? Or? They did come out in single issues. So the books are the collection the of the collection single issues. The collection of the okay. single issues. Okay. And there are six volumes. Okay. Of and it's Lock done. And, key, and it's done. Yeah, there's, mm. there's no and more. There could still be more keys hiding out there. I feel like there could be more keys. They don't like come right out and tell when you. When did the last one come out? The last book? Do you know? I'm not sure. I'm just trying to figure out like... Is there more lock and keys coming? Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. Like I, I so uh, to just real quick to continue. It, it, there's a gruesome murder of the patriarch of the lock family because there's this malicious figure who's trying to get to the keys, and the patriarch is he's obviously forgotten the keys because he's a grown up and yeah. he doesn't. He's like this I don't guy. I don't yeah. really know what you're talking about. Um, uh. Lots of murders and gore, lots of violence. Um, trigger warning, content warning for anyone who's reading the book. There's abuse in the okay. book. There's addiction in the book. There's a character who's addicted to alcohol and she struggles throughout the story. Do any of the keys like unlock like f- emotional states? Like, could a key, let's say, if someone look you looking at me, let's say someone is addicted to something, could you use that key to unlock your addiction to that thing? Um, because that sounds pretty rad. Yeah, they didn't discover that key who, during the course who, of the story. Who wrote this series? Joe Hill. So Joe Hill, there's your idea <laughs> for your next lock and key book, my friend. You can borrow that. Um, the story is very reminiscent of like Stranger Things. Okay. It's. Twin Peaks, I felt like a lot of these like intergenerational mystery stories where there's like a group of young kids and then a group of grown-ups who are all trying to figure out the mystery. Um, but it's really, really well done. Uh, I, another warning for you, I did feel like they pulled a bit of a J.K. Rowling and they killed off a lot of characters that I liked oh. towards the end, but I still really dug the ending. So I kind of hope they don't. Have another locking key? There's probably another key that unlocks the afterlife, too. You know? And you could pull people back through it, maybe. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, are you ready to have your mind blown? I'm have ready. you heard of the Lock and Key TV show? I've heard that yeah. they might be making a Lock and Key TV show on Netflix. I heard that there was a pilot made. I heard there was a pilot made for Hulu, but it it didn't go through. Yeah, like, well, it was made and shown at at like a comic Comic Con like yeah. years ago. Like Fringe was still on TV because <laughs> that's how I heard about it from listening to a Fringe podcast. They just mentioned it and they said it looked really cool. Yeah, I so, feel like people weren't ready for Lock yeah. and Key back then, but now I think people are ready. Yeah. Okay. Um, also, Stranger Things. I finished Stranger Things too <laughs> the other day. Uh, very good Yay! season. Amanda I'm and so I both excited. very much enjoyed it. I'm so it. excited to talk to you about that. Yeah, it we was We need good. to talk about that secret sister. Secret sister? The sister? Oh, that's yeah. right. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, we'll talk about that. But anyway, Lock and Key is the stuff that I'm in love in. Also, there's an audiobook version, which you're of thinking. Of a graphic novel? I know. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. I was like, audio Do they describe novel. the pictures to you? They don't, but. That'd be kind of cool. They they kind of like, they act out everything like with sound effects. And there's also this really excellent like score slash soundtrack 
Um, uh, and it's, uh, it's really, really cool. It was like a really neat kind of immersive experience. They, they just, they twist some stuff cause there's just some stuff yeah. that's not going to work yeah. from like something that's reliant on art to tell a story going to an audio format. But it was a really interesting experience to also listen to it. Have you ever watched, just because you're talking about like a graphic novel and you're listening to it, have you ever watched a movie, well, listened to a movie while it had the audio descriptive service feature on? I have not. No? It's a pretty cool experience. <laughs> I have before. And so if listeners aren't familiar, it's a, basically a feature that... Is I that th- for like folks who are blind? You've got okay. it. Blind or, or just hearing in, or seeing impaired in some way. And it basically there's a, a voiceover that describes... Uh, all the action or important details, visual oh, details. Okay. And I watched, uh, you know that movie Wanted with Angelina Jolie? Yes. I watched that with the audio descriptive feature on, and I think I watched The Daredevil with Ben Affleck with that on <laughs> as well. And uh, it's actually a pretty interesting Which that's experience. interesting because uh, Daredevil is, is that's the first vision t- impaired. That's the first time I have ever heard of it, you know? And um, yeah, it's, it's actually kind of cool, you know? So just something if you're ever bored. And I think a lot of DVDs now have that as a feature just like how you have subtitles you know if you can't hear that well um but if you're hard of hearing or deaf but um it's kind of a neat way to experience a movie mm-hmm. and you listeners have just listened to four things stuffs that we are loving we would love to hear what you are loving right now yep remember to email us for your chance to win a sweet same team y'all badge and an amazon gift card for hundred dollars <laughs> <laughs> what is that email again miss tess it's same team y'all at gmail.com. We are genuinely curious about what you are loving. What do you do? You have any guesses? What are what are listeners loving right now? I don't know. Ant Man and the Wasp just came out. That might be something they're loving. <laughs> uh, Perhaps a beautiful sunset. I know. That's always my go-to. <laughs> Is either a movie or a beautiful sunset. Perhaps a tree. You know. <laughs> Hashtag trees are wonderful. <sighs> trees. You. Is, that, is there a chance that anyone is watching same, uh, Twin Peaks with us? <laughs> Maybe. Do you and think listening to our podcast, Same Peaks, y'all? <laughs> yeah. Do you think our listener, the, Chris, our pal Chris, who listens to Same Peaks, y'all, our daughter cast, uh, our podcast about uh, the show Twin Peaks, do you think Chris listens to this podcast? I don't know. Maybe he'll email us and we'll find out. I don't know. Hey, Eric. Hey. Do you do have any? Tales. From the library. Perfect. Tales from the library. Tales from the library. Read some books. Read some books. We also have online resources. No, I don't have any. <laughs> I'm joking. Too bad you're contractually obligated. I've got a choice for you. Oh. You've got to choose. Let me look at my notes here. Cozy, uh, dangerous, or sweet. Cozy, dangerous, or sweet. Oh, I'm going to go with sweet. Sweet. Okay, sweet. Just happened recently. Today, I had a program at the library run by a third party, like someone that doesn't work okay. at the library. Um, Miss like a partner. A partner, yeah. Uh-huh. A partner in programming. <laughs> uh, different from a partner in crime. I wouldn't <laughs> discuss that partner on the podcast for obvious reasons. But uh, 
<laughs> her name's Miss Cindy Marks, and she ran our. We did a program recently called Mindfulness for Children. Oh. We've been trying to focus on um, doing some programming at the library to build. Um, kind of promote and educate about what mindfulness is. And we did a program at our library, I guess a few months ago. Miss Cindy did this program for us. It was called like, um, What is Mindfulness? It was an adult program. You came and the room was packed. Like our, our room capacity at the library is like 65. And I think we were close to that number. People were interested and they've heard of this phrase. Like I like to call it a, like a buzzword now, yeah. right? Like you hear it everywhere. Mindfulness, meditating. What does any of this mean? And uh, she basically, for that adult program, kind of explained basics of what it was and led a group um, a group uh, meditation with everyone, and it was real chill. And then I was so impressed with her that I emailed her and said, can you do that for the kiddos? And she said, yeah, I mostly work with kiddos. She mostly does oh, this cool. for kids in the classroom, you know? So today was this program, and it was really awesome. It was like sat in a circle. And things were a little bit different because these are the ages were for three to six-year-olds. So it's a small, wiggly group. But it was really, they just did a few different activities. Let's sit still. You know, how does that make you feel? Um, she had a singing bowl, you know, the like the, it's like a bowl, and you kind of hit it, and it goes like this. Yeah. And then she had this activity where she hits it, so we're all quiet and we're listening. And then you raise your hand when you can't hear it anymore. So the idea is you're like really focused on listening to it, like the the noise that's yeah. happening right now, not the noise that happened yesterday or the noise that's going to happen, that kind of thing. And it was a really good program. Uh, the reason I label this sweet is um, one of the activities we did is we all laid down on the floor, <laughs> adults and kids, and uh, we laid for a couple moments. And she basically did what was the equivalent of like child's guided meditation. It was a little bit shorter. And she just kind of described like, think about how do you feel? How do your arms feel right now? How do your legs feel? How does this feel? Think about all these feelings, you know? And she's just kind of talking about thinking getting you thinking about what these different parts of your body are feeling right now and being more aware of it it's like what's called a body scan you're scanning your body and when we were done she asked all the kids okay now um put your hand up if you like to share how do you feel you know mm -hmm. and one girl she put her hand up and she says like a strawberry oh. i feel like a strawberry and miss cindy's amazing she goes like a strawberry she goes Oh, that sounds really interesting. She goes, how did you feel like a strawberry when you're done laying there? And these are, if anyone's familiar with children, uh, th <laughs> um, like three to, what did I say? Three to six. And most yeah. of them are in that three to four to five. Uh, that's a wiggly group of kids, yes. typically, you know? And uh, so he goes, what do you mean by you felt like a strawberry? She goes, I felt like I ate a strawberry, like it was delicious, is what Aww. she said. It was so sweet, right? I love She was that. just like, it felt like a strawberry, you know? And Aww. you could see it. Like, she was like, and she was like, so it felt good, right? And she goes, yeah, it felt good, Aww. you know? So later, um, Miss Cindy, we did activity where she said, okay, everyone, most of the activities start the same. You sit. You can sit or lay and be calm, focus. And this one, she said, think about someone or something that makes you very happy. And oh. we all thought about it. People smiling. Hashtag so. I know, I know. <laughs> and uh, some people said, okay, put your hand up. What did you, what did, who would like to share uh, uh, what you were thinking about? And someone said, I, I'm thinking about my mommy and her mom's oh, right there. So that was really sweet. So someone sweet. said, I think about my. Oh, <laughs> Think about my daddy. And she said, and Cindy goes, well, what does that make you feel like? And she says, makes me sad. And she goes, why Why does that make you sad? And she said, it's 
if you feel sad or happy, these are just feelings. It's okay. She goes, because he's at work right now. And he couldn't come today. You know? I know. It's so silly. He's not... As far as I know, he's not passed or dead or anything. He's just at work. work. But then a little girl did say, she goes, what were you thinking about? She said, Gigi. And she goes, oh, is Gigi a good friend of yours? Who is is Gigi? And she goes, Gigi's dead. And she goes, how do you feel when you think of Gigi? And she goes, I feel happy when I think of Gigi, you know? I know, I know. (laughs) I know, I'm a mess. But anyway... All I have to say is that the program went exceptionally well, in my opinion. Considering we had a group of seven or eight uh, uh, younger kids that typically, I think you would think, are uh, impossible to stop from wiggling. And don't get me wrong, there were still wiggles. And there there were two moms in the group that had their babies with them, too. So there mm-hmm. were people making noise and stuff like that. But, I mean, it was just really good... Um, introduction to like no mindfulness is like a big word for yeah. one of these kids but just thinking about what you're feeling and taking a moment for that now Cindy brings up a good point is that you can come to one program at the library and that's that's like saying that today come to the library and learn how to lift weights you spent one day doing it right <laughs> the trick is now you have to go home and practice that whatever that means for you that doesn't necessarily mean sitting still whatever that works for you so who knows what will happen going forward but it was just for what I was experiencing in that room, it was a very sweet moment. You know? That is great. I know. Aw, it's like a strawberry. It's like a straw. How do you feel when you're done sitting still? She said, like a strawberry. Oh. Like I ate a strawberry is what she said. So good, man. <laughs> that's great. So good. That's how I started my day today. Aww, you know? That's a nice way to start your day. It is. I, I'll, t- I'll tell you, right, I kept it together during the program. But something about, you know, I didn't want to scare anyone away. Um, and that's that's my tale, Miss Tess. Oh, man. I don't feel, I feel like I can't follow that. <laughs> uh. Yeah, any tale, any tale is an, uh, an acceptable tale. Well, I have two graphic novel success stories. These are these are great. Okay. As far as you recommending them. Yes. Yeah. Well, just I just felt like they were success stories that I witnessed at the library. You yeah, you made me choose, so I guess I'll make you choose. Do you want to hear? Oh, I love this. this a is a graphic great idea. novel success story about a. Uh, a mom and her daughter, or a graphic novel success story about a dad and his daughter. Oh my god, <laughs> they both involve daughters. <laughs> yeah, they let's, do. Let's go, dad. And dad and his daughter. Dad okay. and his daughter. Okay. Yeah. So this dad is at the library. Well, I'll just say there was a man at the library. I didn't realize he was a dad at the time. There's a man. There's a man. <laughs> There's at a the man library. in the library. And he came up to the desk and he was checking out a big stack of uh, graphic novels. And they happen to be graphic novels from our adult section of the library. Oh, I gotcha. Okay, and so I'm just checking them out to them, and uh, there was one in there that I really liked. It's called Paper Girls. It's by Brian K. Vaughn. Mm -hmm. And um, I just real quick, if any listeners enjoy the show Stranger Things, yes, (laughs) I think uh, Paper Girls is very much inspired by that. I think you know it's a really good uh, series. It's a well, real quick, we'll just sell it to you. It's about uh, a group of girls in the is it the 1980s? I think it's the 80s. Yeah, Yeah. and they are um, they they deliver newspapers. 
Um, and it's like for like really cool chicks yeah. and, but then all this like paranormal stuff starts happening yeah. and, uh, they've got to deal with they it. They got to deal with yeah, it. Yeah. It's really cool. The, and the art style is so good too. So good. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, oh man, paper girls, I really like it. And he was like, oh yeah, I hope my daughter likes it too. And I said, oh, are you checking these out for your daughter? He said, yeah. And I said, how old is your daughter? She's like, she's eight. And I was like, uh, Oh, I said, oh, were you aware that all of these books are from our adult section of the library? And he said, yeah. He said, no, I totally am aware of that. He said, she has read everything in your kids section and she's read about half the books in your YA section. She's like, she's, she loves graphic novels. This is amazing. She loves comic books. She's read all, like all the ones in your kids section. She read half the ones in the YA section. He's like, I'm going through the adult section now. He's like, but don't worry. I read them all. And then I decide whether or not I think she can read them. He's like, so I read them first. And then he's good daddy. And, oh my goodness. Great well, dad, ju- just, right? I mean, if that's a part, like if he's concerned about what she's consuming, exactly. the only way to be hundred percent sure exactly. is to read it yourself he, and make your own judgment. And, he's, yeah. and then he says to me, he said, no one would would check out books from the adult section and give them to their kids and then complain <laughs> about the content, would they? <laughs> and I kind of, Eric's laughing because if you don't work at a public oh. library, you don't realize that that happens actually pretty frequently it, is that, that parents, that there are some parents who don't. They don't look at what their kids check out at the library, and then they come back to the library with the books, and they shake the books at us like it's our fault. Sometimes, some, <laughs> some well, not just parents, but people in general, yeah. I guess I should say, will get upset because of what is in the books on our shelves, um, <laughs> because <laughs> instead of realizing that, like, just because they have objection to a particular book doesn't mean someone else wouldn't also enjoy that book. Right. Who doesn't have that same objection. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah, and yeah. so he, he he was shocked to think that that would happen. And anyways, I thanked him for being an, a nice, responsible parent and for also encouraging the love of reading that with his awesome. daughter. And uh, yeah, it was a really nice uh, I, interaction I with I the parent. I love that too because I, I, there's a, I don't know if you... I don't get this all the time, but sometimes I get like, uh, I'm looking for a book for my kid. All he reads are graphic novels. And I get like, you kind of, you know, the only way you kind of learn is by pushing yourself, right? Mm-hmm. And reading outside of your comfort zone, especially when you're learning, you know, you're you're reading new words and you're going up the reading ladder and all mm-hmm. that. But I mean, I think if it wasn't for, if it wasn't for comic books, I don't know if I would be reading as much as I do right. today. Or I always tell people, because some parents go, well, I don't want any fluff books. Like, yeah. well, what is What does fluff mean? You know? Yeah. And I, I always tell people, honestly, if it wasn't for Beverly Cleary and Goosebumps, I probably wouldn't be a reader today. You know, I probably would have dropped off, you know? I, and I, some I, people would consider Goosebumps fluff a fluff yeah. fluff. I you try know? to always... Spooky like, fluff. I always <laughs> try to remind <laughs> parents when they say stuff like, well, I don't want my kid to read any like easy books or anything. I, I want them to read challenging stuff. Yeah. I always try to remind them. It's like, well, don't underestimate the power of something that they like yeah. reading. It's like, because we want them to like reading well, and then they'll continue to read. And then also, graphic novels are great because... 
the illustrations often support the text. And if you're struggling with reading, it's really great to have those supportive illustrations because that that makes you feel much more successful. Or if you read a word in a graphic novel and you're like, what does that word mean? Sometimes you can figure out what it means because what that word is is literally on the page in front of you. You know? Um, Yeah, it is uh, good for this cool dad. Yeah. That's very cool. I think uh, just to mention... Just because you mentioned, like, some parents said, well, I want my kids to be challenged, right? I understand, like, you know, I, I'm a dad, so you, you do kind of, I'm always like, okay, where's the animal? Where's this? You know, I'm, yeah. I'm always kind of pushing Freya to kind of, like, test, like, her cognitive abilities. What is she picking up on? But, I mean, really, as adults, when's the last time most grown-ups <laughs> have read something that wasn't easy to read, yeah. right? When's the last time you read a book? And maybe, you know, if you're in school and stuff like that, but when's the last time you read a book because you... Just because you chose to, that was hard to read, you know? Right. And now we're asking kids to do the same thing. I mean, yeah. that's tough, you yeah. know? It's tough to be a kid. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Eric, ask me if I learned a life lesson this week. <laughs> Tess, did you learn any life lessons this week? Actually, I did. Oh, man! <laughs> did you learn a life lesson this week? I did! That's great! Let's talk about it. Okay. <laughs> Tess, what life lesson do you learn? <sighs> okay. So <laughs> Oh boy, it's a oh doozy. Boy. Oh boy. It's a doozy. So um I have a, a personal announcement to make. You may know this, but you may not know this. I'm getting a promotion at work. I did Did not know this. this? You didn't know this? Tess, this is going to sound insane. I thought, do you know what I thought the announcement was? What did you think? Did you think I was pregnant? I thought you were. I I am so sorry. I am so sorry. I I honestly thought that's what you were going to say. It's okay. That's what my mom thought too when I called her to tell her about it. But no, I'm not pregnant. It's a different um, P word, promotion. Promotion. I'm this P word promotion. brings you more money instead of taking money away. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations, Tess. I have not heard of this. Thanks. I am going to be the assistant branch manager of the Charlotte Hall Library um, uh, starting in October because promotions don't start until your month of hire. Assistant branch manager in charge of youth services? Yes. How did this happen? Did um, they just find like a sack of money under a bench or something? I guess so. Because from what I know, the only reason this hasn't happened before is because there yeah. was no monies. So Holy I, smokes. I guess I guess there was some extra money lying around. And well, that's how that position, I know, for listeners, this is probably ahead. not super exciting. That's how for that position for Robert appeared, right? Oh, the full-time tech position. They found some money. Yeah, well, because I was like, how is this possible? You know, and it's a full-time extra tech person, so extra money. So, man. yeah, I guess they found some extra money around, and I guess, uh, oh, man. I guess Kathy has been, like, in her words, badgering Michael to promote me. And um, every day, <laughs> just knocking on his door, promote her, promote her. So, um, yeah, I'm going to be equals with you. Well, you've always been equals and more than well, me, you know I what I mean? But you mean like in, in, as, in it, terms of uh, uh, like actual titles, yeah, titles, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because I've been doing this the equal job as you, yeah, but not having the title essentially, <laughs> test it so at. 
my library that I work at at Leonardtown, I am the system branch manager in charge of use services. Tess does essentially that, but her branch did not have the monies right. to make you that title. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I do all of that work, but I don't... You know, when I showed up today, I thought you looked more like a boss. <laughs> you kind of had this boss look to you. And I was like, what's... I was like, where's the swagger? Well, I was not, like, where's the swagger coming it's from? It's not official yet. It's not official until October. Oh, uh, well, it was a little pre-swagger. Yeah, this yeah. is so exciting! Well, oh my goodness, I thought it was exciting. Um, <laughs> so I'm at, at our branch. I'm not the only one who got promoted. There were a couple other people who also got like little promotions. Like they went from like a circ, circ one to a circ two, or a circ two to a they circ gained three. a level. Yeah. yeah, they gained. They leveled up. They leveled up. Da, 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 da. Yeah. So um, when the news came out that. So let's say there were like five of us that leveled up. I'm probably the person who's leveling up the most. Yeah. I mean, if we're being honest. It's like a whole like position. Yeah, because yeah. mine is going to affect everyone in the it whole branch. It's so exciting. I can finally let you into the executive washroom. <laughs> <laughs> in October, I'm going to give you the gold key. It's going to be amazing. So yeah. I thought it was very exciting, um, particularly for me, because like I said, I've been doing basically your job for the past four years, but without like... Without the pay the, or the, or, the or official the, title. Or the title yeah. or, or the really the authority yes. to like do what you do. Like for instance, like you have staff you can delegate things to and like when I need to delegate something because I'm doing the same amount of work as you, but like... I don't have a staff to delegate yeah. to. I just have to, like, beg people to help me to do things, you know? So it's it's been a kind of a really awkward position for me to be in for the past four years. So I was really excited. And also, it's kind of been awkward for our branch because, like, all of the... In our system, we've got two other branches, and both the other branches have four managers, and our branch has two managers. Yeah. So oh. it'll just be nice. Oh, yeah, we do have four. Yeah. Oh, it's not to add my managers up for a second. Yeah, there. it'll be nice for us to have another manager yeah. to, to for managery things, because, you know, managery things pop up. Well, usually when there's a situation, you're like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to have to deal with this manager! And then but, we sweep in. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be nice to have an extra, extra person. This is great. For the branch. Well, so I thought it was great. Man, I'm, I'm happy. Why is this not that? Well, I guess we haven't got a life lesson yet. I'm just <laughs> so, all excited. I know. I was I was excited that I was happy. But um, I guess there were some people at the library who have been there a really long time who thought because they've been there a really long time that they deserve to be promoted um, over other people like me, for instance. Okay. Um, and so they were, one, upset that they didn't get promotions, and two, I guess there was, like, there were some people who were upset about how it was communicated because our manager decided to communicate to the people who got promoted and the people who would be affected by the promotion about the promotions. She didn't pull, like, everybody in the whole entire library in for a one-on-one -on -one meeting. She just pulled in the people who were getting promoted or people who were being affected by the promotions. Well, I mean, I'm... Which, that, that doesn't strike me as that weird. Right, right, that seems reasonable to me, but I guess some people were upset about it. They okay. felt like they deserved a one-on-one -on -one conversation about how they weren't getting a promotion. 
So I guess that led to a lot of hurt feelings, and that then led to some drama, and um, basically uh, so, uh, so a lot of people not happy for me. Okay. And uh, I, I guess I had some expectations that weren't met. I thought people were going to be happy, and they weren't happy. And, um, in fact, they were, like, actively unhappy. And uh, that was hard for me. And then I guess I... And then I left for a week. Because <laughs> I had that... You stayed on your staycation. I had that staycation yeah. that was already scheduled. Uh, and I didn't even... Baller move. Become <laughs> boss. You're out for a week. You're like, guys... I'm out. I was take like, take I care see, of things while I'm gone. I see that you're all really pissed make, off. Make sure you water Bye. my plants. No, um, that that was just coincidental. Um, but it gave me a lot of time to think about uh, it. And I, you know, I thought for, at first I thought for a long time, you know, wow, everyone's upset. You know, how can I, you know, make things better? Mm-hmm. And then I thought. I don't think there's like a way for me to make it better. That's exactly right. Um, yeah. And then I thought, you know, I thought the only thing that I can do is just kind of like file this away for the future, you know, just learn from, you know, everyone's reaction and just kind of, you know, this is how people like to be communicated to, I guess. But in the long run, you know, these are the people who got promoted and these are the people who didn't get promoted. Yeah. And, and you know they're just gonna have to. In my opinion, I've only I haven't been a manager that long, so I haven't had to deal with like promotion type stuff. Mm-hmm. But to me, I think you usually communicate it with who has who is being affected by it. You know, I don't think it, it's not like a job posting. You know, right? Um, so I don't think that was handled. Just my opinion in a bad way. Um, as far as how people reacted to it, that's a shame that they weren't happy for you. In my opinion, that's them acting selfishly. And uh, there's nothing we can do to change or affect how they react to things. So you know? the life lesson I, I ended up learning from this is um, when you expect people to big up you and they yeah. don't they don't big up you. You've just got to big up yourself. Got to big up yourself. That's exactly and, right. Uh, and, you know, because I I and the other thing that I learned was. You know how everybody says you can't please everyone. It's something that people say a lot. But, like, I guess I hadn't really uh, come to a point where I had to, like, see it in action. This was a point where I definitely did not please everyone. Not really anything that I did. I didn't really do anything except get pulled into a... A meeting with my manager where she said, oh, by the way, you're being promoted. And I was like, where did you find a sack of money? And she was like, well, I've been badgering our director for the past year. And I was like, this is great. Everyone's going to be so excited. By the way, how awesome for Kathy, right? She's, yeah. This is... She's pretty great. First, I don't know what episode it was of the cast where we were really talking big about her holiday spread how she handled the <laughs> how she handled the the holiday food day at the library so that there was a minimal amount of drama and now she she had this happen yeah you know? yeah um so big up yourself yeah 
not not if 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 people aren't big upping you, go ahead and big up yourself. And it's true, you won't always please all the people all the time. It's just that's just a fact of life. Well, I would argue too, like it's none of our jobs, like in life, to make everyone happy. Yeah. Right. You know, and that doesn't mean like walk around, be a jerk at all times, and being cruel to people. But we have no control. You, I, the listeners have. No zero control over anyone else's thoughts, opinions, or emotions. You know, sometimes it feels like we do, right? Yeah. But we don't really. Yeah. You know? I guess I I generally do make people happy, and in this moment, you make I, me happy, Tess. Oh, thanks. And I'm happy for thanks, you. Sir. I mean, here's the deal: you work hard. Yeah. You've been doing the work of something that technically isn't your job for I how do. long? Well, and also I did have to also realize. Uh, there's a lot of people who don't see all the work yeah. that I do and they don't they probably don't have the same perspective of like oh Tess does the same thing that Eric and Shannon do mm-hmm. but she doesn't ha- she doesn't have the same title and really we're just correcting a mistake that's been going on for several years it, it's it's basically an error that's been going on for several years due to funding yeah you know? yeah yeah and so basically we're just correcting the mistake yeah. and and this is this is you know this is just uh this is actually something to be, you know, happy about. But there, this I, is so exciting. I found out that there are some people who definitely don't think that, and <laughs> and uh, and you know, I'll just have to file that away and uh, and and work with those it, people it, as best that as it's best tough that I can. though because you said you've learned that like now you know like how some people want information to be communicated but let's say you do exactly what you think they want you to do that still doesn't guarantee that they'll be no, happy right it's true. you know and it's there's true. no i mean you can still share keep that information in your head but i mean there's just no there sometimes decisions will be made that some people will be unhappy some will be happy and uh, every spectrum in the middle and there's just you could just do the best decision you think you can make. This wasn't even a decision you did. This is just a thing that yeah. happened, you know? I mean, well, I have said, like, whenever I have evaluations with my yeah. supervisor and they say, like, what would, you know, increase your job satisfaction? I do go ahead and say, I would like to be promoted. Yeah. You know, I do go ahead and say that, but I, I didn't think it was big, actually going to happen. Big up yourself. <laughs> so exciting. That executive washroom is beautiful, by the way. <laughs> There's like waterfalls, and it's a little annoying though. Every time you have to go to the bathroom, you have to shoo the peacock away. The peacock is like up in your face at all times. It's uh, what's your favorite food, Tess? It used to be mac and cheese, but now I can't have dairy. So this um, executive washroom somehow they have dairy-free mac and cheese. That's amazing. I don't know how they do it. I think it's made by like peacock milk or something. It's amazing. Congratulations, Tess. Thank you. This is phenomenal news. Thanks. Genuine surprise. Did you think I might have known just because I'm in like the manager's circle? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought maybe. No, I missed that meeting. So (laughs) now I I didn't know. So this is a great surprise. Yeah, and I I I thought that maybe they were gonna uh, ask some of the people who had been promoted somewhat recently what their transition had been like or something like that. Because obviously there's going to be a transition period for me going from. you know, no, no staff to staff of like four or five people. So wow, that's yeah. more staff than what I've got, like official staff. Yeah, so. well, they're all part time staff. Yeah. Oh, you're a part time staff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, so. it's just uh, Elizabeth and Sue. Yeah, and so. and one fourth of Josie's arm or something like that. <laughs> How, however, the hours work, you know. 
Oh, and I guess uh, Miss Jackie, our summer intern. So yeah, congratulations. Thank you, thank you, Eric. I think we should probably celebrate with a positivity party. <laughs> How do, do you know it. I was going to say that? Because we do it every episode. Uh, welcome, fair listeners, to our positivity party. It's how we like to end each and every one of our episodes by spending time thinking about stuff that we're thankful for and thinking about stuff that we love about ourselves. What's something you're thankful for, Miss Tess? Did you know that The Last Jedi is streaming on Netflix? <laughs> <laughs> how many times have you watched it? I watched it like four times during my staycation. I heard that if you watch The Last Jedi. <laughs> Ten times in a row, without sleeping, Kylo kisses Rey. Shoot. True story. True Shoot story. Happens on the on end. This. Happens at the end. True <laughs> <Get> story. <on. laughs> what are you thankful for, Mark? Uh, I'm thankful for um, my family. I've just been thinking a lot about them. Not that there's days where I don't think about them. But I've been thinking a lot about them lately. And without Freya and without Amanda, I don't know um, who I would be. I would be someone else, you know? So I'm just super thankful for my family. Freya, Amanda, my mom, and the rest. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and and, uh, my sister Lisa, and then, and the rest. Oh, and her husband, John. A.K.A. Thanos. <laughs> That's right. A.K.A. <laughs> Thanos. Uh, <laughs> listeners, why don't you say something that you're thankful for right now? Do you think John is thankful for the Infinity Gauntlet? <laughs> <laughs> He's thankful that... Well, I almost dropped the spoiler. He's thankful that... <laughs> He's thankful that... The Infinity War movie is doing so well in the box office. Uh, what's something you love about yourself, Miss Tess? Um, I uh, I like that I've grown a lot. I you look um, taller today. <laughs> I mean, with my feelings. Uh. Um, one of the things that I've been thinking about a lot with like the drama that was going on yeah. post promotion was that um, a lot of people, and I think this is like a very human reaction, is to have kind of a knee-jerk negative reaction to change. And um, I feel like I've grown a lot and I'm less likely. Sometimes I still do have that knee-jerk, whoa, this is bad. Yeah, everyone's human. But I'm less likely to have that now, and I'm more likely to remember that we're all human and um, I feel like that's a big growth for me. So that's something I like about myself. That is awesome. What's something you like about yourself, Eric? Uh, I like that I'm strong, like physically strong. Not that I'm like a weightlifter, like super strong, but I'm strong enough that I can carry uh, if I needed to replace a big water bottle, like at a, a water cooler. Yeah. You know, and it's something I don't think about too often, but I mean, I can go and grab a big bag of dog food and some groceries and head in the house. And it's just convenient. <laughs> and it's something I don't think about too. Or, or to be honest, um, Freya, it's something I hadn't known about being a parent is that you lift a child at awkward angles all of the time and she's getting heavy. And uh, I'm just very, I love that I'm able to do that. So yeah. Very nice. Hey, you listen to this. Why don't you say something that you like about yourself right now?
Ooh, I like that too. Oh man, you know, out of all the multitude of things you could have picked, I think you picked the best one. Yeah, I think so too. You guys have been listening to Same Team Y'all. This has been episode number... 32? 33! Oh no! <laughs> I'm not good at counting. My name's Eric. My name is Taz. And remember, if you would like to possibly win a sweet Amazon gift card and a Same Team Y'all badge, uh, send, your, send in what you are loving to... SameTeamYall at gmail.com and if you would like to follow us on Twitter to kind of see what we're putting out there in the world and also to get any updates about the podcast, that Twitter handle is... At same team, y'all. But always, if you are unplugging from social media, we totally respect that decision yeah, as well. So. And if you want to hear what we think of Solo, yeah. uh, you better tune in after this music because we're going to be spoiling I'm actually really excited about this. I haven't talked to you about this at all. (laughs) Uh, Guys, as always, remember, be the change you wish to see in this world. See you in a fortnight. Night. 14 nights. I'll see you in 14 nights. And may the force be with you. (laughs) Bye-bye. We ready to do this? Hey everyone, welcome to the secret backdoors cantina. <laughs> Dark secret Canto Bite edition. Yeah, welcome to Canto Bite. I guess Canto Bite did exist in Solo. Yeah. I mean, you don't see it in the Solo movie, but <laughs> right. I mean, the planet exists, yes. right? Yeah, yeah. Cantonica. Is that what it's called? Yes. The planet? Yeah, the city is Canto Bite. Yeah. The planet is Cantonica. Hashtag nerd alert. <laughs> Um, to keep, so we are here to discuss the movie Solo. Just real quick, did you enjoy it? I did. I enjoyed I did it like as it. well. Yeah. To keep our conversation focused. Surprise. Eric, ta- and I, Eric and I liked it. Well, you know what? We could have maybe not liked it. That's true. I didn't really like Rogue One, and you and I almost, we almost destroyed our friendship over it. So. We had our own civil war. <laughs> we had our own civil war over Rogue One. Um, I still... I still really enjoy Rogue One. Rogue, well, that movie came out at a weird time yeah, for everyone. It, it was. Um, but yeah, so we're going to be discussing um, the solo movie and to keep things nice and tight. Just <laughs> tight like the hair on Harrison Ford's head. The uh, we, we both came to the table with uh, three things to discuss. Yes. What's you want me fir- to go first? Yeah, go first. Sure. What's your first thing? Uh, my first thing was Chewbacca. Chewbacca. Hey, we got the meeting, right? We got the meeting, all right? And we get to learn a little bit about Chewbacca and his backstory. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize how tragic a character Chewbacca is. Like, because we find out that, like, Chewbacca has been, like, separated from his family. Yeah. And that makes me really curious. Like, when is Chewie going back to his family? Oh, like to go... Cause right, are they because, still on the planet, Kashyyyk? Yeah, I'm assuming that they are. And, like, because I guess Chewie was taken away from them. And then we... So Chewie has this adventure in this movie. 
and they become best bros, Chewie and Han. They do. And then they, like, I guess decide to go into basically a scoundrel business together. And then we, when we meet up with them in the in A New Hope, they're still uh, hanging out together. Do we together. know how much time separates those two? I want to say about ten years. I mean, here's... The, I, like, I don't think we know for sure, but I would say a good... Probably ten years because... That's one thing I wanted to discuss with you. Yeah. Han has, like, a heart of gold in this movie. And when we see him in A New Hope, yeah. he's, like, straight-up gangsta. And so well, I feel like this... we have to give him about ten years to get from heart of gold to straight-up gangsta. straight-up gangsta with... <laughs> With a secret heart of gold, remember he. Sh- but it's like it's like deep down heart of gold. I don't know. I think my opinion. I've always thought Han is very good at pretending like he's the bad guy. You he, think that's it? I really do. Even You're right. he did come back to help Luke. Think and about Leia. this. He flew the Millennium Falcon in A New Hope towards the Death Star, towards danger, towards an army to save his friend and possibly to do the right thing, right? Right. I guess I was always thinking I was a little motivated by... The money? By the... And the, uh, you know, the wanting to get to know Leia a little bit better. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) she was... definitely has a thing for hot brunettes. She was upset with him, like, when... Like, when he was like, I'm all done, right? Yeah. Like, I'm all done. Maybe. As, as we find out in this origin story, he has a thing for hot brunettes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, she's a hot brunette. And I think he wanted to get to know her a little better. You think when he met Leia, it reminded her him of, um, I don't know her name. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think maybe a little bit. That's I didn't think I didn't think it was, uh, um, you know, a coincidental casting that they picked a another... Very pretty, uh, brown-haired chick <laughs> to you, play his love interest in this movie. Is, is still alive in New Hope That's, era? Uh, an interesting. Um, I well, I wanted to talk a little bit about Kira, but she's she's one of my yeah. I know we're kind of we're supposed to stick. We're okay, jumping around, but I do want to real yeah. quick since we're talking about Chewie. Does Chewie ever go back to his family? Because if if Chewie. If he meets Han in this movie, and then he sticks around with Han for, like, a good ten years, and then we see him with Han through the next three movies, um, like, when does he ever go back to his family? And is that tragic for Chewie, or is that tragic for Chewie's family? Well, I think there's a couple of assumptions we're making here. We're making an assumption that you couldn't go back to visit his family anywhere in that ten years, right? I, I mean, guess. this is a this is a universe where hyperdrives exist. I guess know? that's true. I actually maybe he could bring Han to Kashyyyk to like visit his family. I, I mean, Han's I, pretty fluent. I don't in their think. Language. I don't think the fact that we see Chewie in the solo movie and then see him in A New Hope means that he didn't do anything else with the ten years of his life. And I actually got the impression that he separated. From his family because they're also in bondage oh, somewhere. Oh, like they've all been taken that's as well. What, and I don't know if that's... Well, that's true. We do meet all of those Wookiees yeah. in the mine. So it might be a money situation. Same thing as Solo. Like he needs money or money influence, whatever, to be able to free his family. So I don't think it's as simple as just going back to visit his family. We don't know, you know? I just thought that was... It was so interesting to find out there was like a whole lot more going on with Chewie than than meets the eye. That's but that's um well not canon anymore, but part of legend is he had a family, like in the pre the pre new canon, Chewbacca. Uh so I always assumed that he did too. So I actually thought that when he was freeing some of those Wookiees on that one um mm-hmm. 
place. I thought some of that was his family. Like that uh, one, she, there was a female Wookiee that he saved. And I was like, is that his wife? And I was like, no, that's not his wife. That's just a Wookiee, you know? <laughs> what is uh, one of your things that you want to talk about? I'm not usually a big ship person. Like, you know how <laughs> some people when they're... Star Wars, I think, works on so many levels because you can either just love just the creatures... Or lightsabers, or the story, or the characters, and some people get really into the ships. Like this is yes. this type of Tie Fighter, yes. and this one's that. I don't normally get into ships, but I was very much into. This is a story. This is a sh- a movie of like origin stories, mm-hmm. first meetings, right? First meetings of friends that become like legendary friends later, and uh, first meeting between Han and Chewbacca, and the first meeting of Han. And the Millennium Falcon, mm-hmm. right? And I'm not normally, I don't normally go like Gaga over the Falcon, but something about it in this episode, in this movie. It is kind of magical. It is very magical. And the idea that we we all knew that Han, like, won the, won the ship from Lando. And I expected him to do it in that first time, because yeah. I think we all did. Yeah. And Lando cheated, but then he won it later. And... And it just—it was just so good to get that story. And some people will say, like, well, do we need that story? Maybe not. But we did get it in the EU, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Believe me, anything that's being covered now has been covered already, like, in the Legend era. And it was just really nice to to, to see the Millennium Falcon in action and, uh, you know, Han showing up and not knowing, like, where where are these buttons at? You know, and Lando mm-hmm. being like, these are the buttons. And Lando, like, looking just chill in the Falcon. <laughs> like, you know, it was Millennium Falcon's uh, my first thing. So. With his, his uh, cape boudoir. So many capes. <laughs> that was a great joke, too. Yes. Mm. Man. Oh, my God. This man owns a lot of capes. Um, L337. Yes. Let's talk about her. Well, I think she's a great point. She lives inside the Millennium Falcon now, right? Wow. Does she? She really does. And I think this actually... What is her name again? Because I didn't... Her name is L337. L337. Or we can just call her L3. 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 The fact that she's in the Millennium Falcon actually gives me... um, You know, because Lando, when we meet Lando in Empire Strikes Back, he's pretty... I mean, he's kind of playing along, but he's pissed off at Han for their past. He He's doing the, I'm mad at you. Nah, I'm joking. Okay, I'm mad at you. But I am mad at you. Yeah. And he's mad that he doesn't have the Falcon anymore. And when you see how attached yeah. Lando was to his robot friend, L3, and then to find out that L3 is part of the Falcon because when L3, when basically when her like body is destroyed, they like upload her consciousness essentially to the Falcon because of her GPS essentially. Um, like the fact that Han has won her away from him, like it actually kind of like made me mad on behalf of Lando. Like I was like, no, wait, that is Lando's ship. You can't take that away from him. Like I was sort of rooting against Han at that point. I was like, no, that's Lando's Falcon. Like it's got L three in it. Like I don't think that you should you should take it away from him. Well, it, I kind of thought it was interesting too because one L three has like this amazing map system. Yes. Or, or you know whatever. So now that's, that's in the her Falcon. Special. So that kind of fills in a few holes of like, 
well, how do they know how to get around? This right. is a so very sophisticated map of of, of, the, of galaxy. the galaxy. And then I did like it because when they call the ship, and this is a thing people just do with their cars. They call it her or, or, yeah. or this old girl. You know, she's the fastest hunk of junk. She, because she was a she girl robot. Was like a, she yeah. self-identified as a female robot, you know? <laughs> I, I really liked her. I thought she was an interesting character. I, I thought... Like, the way she was first introduced, I didn't know if... I don't know if the word's, like... Someone would say, like, ham-fisted or something. I thought it was very, like... Okay, she, I get it. She's got, like, sympathy for the robots that are fighting, right? Right. But then, like, immediately, I'm like, okay, she's really funny. And there's something going on between her and Lando. More than... Like, I get that they've got a situation going on where... I, I love you, but I hate you. I love you, but I hate you. But there's something more going on there. Yeah, they you definitely know? have... He definitely has an effect. He runs for in her. the fire, laser fire to, um, to blaster fire. Sorry, to <laughs> to to grab her her robot her remains. remains. Yeah, yeah. I did like her too, leading the robot revolution. Oh, that, that revolution was so funny. She's like, I, I don't know, uh, free your brothers and sisters. <laughs> I th- I think I just figured out what bothered me at first about her character is I think and you maybe you can. Tell me if I misinterpreted this. I was worried at first, and now I don't think this is the case, but I was worried at first that she was being played for comedic reasons as like a parody of like a feminist. Oh. You know, like not like, because she's great, right? She's empathizing with the robots and she's saying stuff like equal rights. I was worried, which worked great because, I mean, really, it works great in the story and as her character, but I was worried that she was being played for jokes as like a parody of a feminist saying equal rights, equal this. I think and almost, I didn't, I personally didn't like that, if that was true, you know? I think almost her droid rights thing becomes yeah. comedic because what I thought was interesting about it is that we've watched all of these Star Wars movies with all of these droids and never once have I worried about their rights. Until L three has kind of made me worry about the rights. Like, oh. and now, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I've never worried about the droids and their rights because maybe I guess because they're droids. I don't know, or maybe because we're mainly focusing on the rebellion slash resistance in these movies. And they tend to treat their droids well. Yeah. And so, you know, like, Poe gives BB-8 hugs and yeah. scritches like he's a little dog. So, like, I, you know, I guess I don't worry about the droids because I'm thinking, oh, they're People well being, they're well taken they're care of. Correctly. Like, they treat yeah. them almost like they're, they treat them like they're humans, pretty but much. But that's our good main characters. Right. You know? Whereas, yeah. like, L3 is looking at this guy who's fighting or the bots. how does Jabba the Hutt treat his bots, right? Exactly. You know? Or, or even the first time we see a lot of droids, really, is the Jawas. And they put the, uh, what is it, the restrainer bolt on them. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's basically a, a, a collared chain, you so know? So, I think, like, it's almost played for laughs because this is the first time I ever really thought about yeah. droid rights and uh, she really opened up my mind. I thought she was a very intriguing character and I th- <laughs> I thought she was really funny. I think my favorite scene is the one with her and Kira where uh, she's saying to Kira like what are you going to do about um, this guy's clearly in love with you and Kira's like oh he's not in love with it. I don't know what you're talking about and, so and L3 is like well I know because you know I have the same thing with Lando and Kira's like ah uh, yeah uh, oh yeah no I see it I totally do see it. <laughs> I, I just thought of something too um, and uh, what if 
uh, L3 yes. and K2. Oh God! Met now those two. Would that be would a match start made? In, a total revolution. A match made in heaven, maybe. <laughs> that sounds amazing. I would love to ship those two droids. Not that droids. <laughs> not that droids have to end up with other droids, but um, I don't know. She she was a great character. The only thing I was concerned about, I was worried she was being played as a parody for like feminism, which I didn't agree with. I if that's true, yeah. if you didn't get that vibe, then I just got I didn't like the really wrong vibe. Get that vibe yeah. because I think she was. Uh, I think she was a very empowered and powerful a roboist. Robo. A roboist, <laughs> or, yeah. I think she was a very empowered and powerful droid. Yeah. And so I wor- I wasn't worried about her being played as a parody. I thought she was a cool character. I liked her. I'm probably maybe in the minority there. <laughs> oh, now I, I liked her. Yeah. I liked her once I once I got over the fact that I was worried that she was being played for that reason, then I I enjoyed her. Yeah, uh, and I did. I loved her little revolution that she started. I the loved- revolution. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's uh, your next thing you wanted to uh, discuss? My next thing, so you saw this uh, elephant in the yeah, room. Yeah, what is the elephant in the room? Uh, Eric and I send each other notes about what we want to discuss, and Eric just said he wanted to talk about the elephant in the room. The elephant in the room Ever is... Ever since then, I've been wondering. I'm, what I'm is not it? particularly fond of like this topic I'm about to bring up, but I feel like the thing that if you're discussing the solo movie, it's one of the first things people ask you, how did you feel about um, the portrayal, portrayal of... Um, Han Solo. How, oh. did, how did what's his name do? I in your he, opinion, I thought he did fine. Yeah. I, I thought, thought he did okay. I thought he. I, here's the deal: if here, time travel doesn't exist yet, <laughs> I agree, I agree. I would love it if we can go back and get a young Harrison Ford. Yeah. That would be perfect. Exactly. But it doesn't. And I, I thought I wish I remember this guy's name, let's but look I don't. It up. <laughs> go ahead and look it up for me. But I personally, I know I, I saw it with Amanda, and she said she didn't buy it that he was young. Han Solo, even though ten, a lot of people, I've changed a lot in 10 years, you yeah. know, um, but I, I don't know, I thought he did a really good job for, um, like, the shoes he had to step into, and I thought there was little things, too, a lot of little things, like, oh, we'll be fine, or, you know, that I thought he really, I don't know, I thought he nailed it. The actor's name is Alden Ehrenreich. Alden? Alden Ehrenreich. A- Alden with an A or an E? And With an A. Alden? A- Alden Aaron Ray. Mr. Alden, I thought that you did a very good job. I mean, here's a, you have to ask someone to become someone else, right? Yeah. And I thought he did. If you make up, if you um, compensate for the fact that it's 10 years before we see Han Solo, I thought he did a pretty good job. And, like, I thought he really nailed, like, that cocky, like, oh, oh, well, we already got the best driver in the galaxy or whatever. <laughs> I, I don't know. I really – and I, I know some people love Han Solo. Some people, a lot of people do. Our our friend Miss Amy loves Han Solo. And I've never really been a huge Han Solo guy, like with the original prequels. But I'll tell you right now, this movie made me love Han Solo. Like, it made me, I got him. You know, I got it. And I think he is, he's pretending to be the bad guy. And doing bad things, because we live in a bad world in this universe, right? Uh, But I think he does have that heart of gold. And I think in this movie, he is ultimately tricked, right? Because he is a little naive. And you know how you said he's total gangster in A New Hope? He's had 10 years to learn how to navigate these bad streets, you know, of bad hyperspace lanes. Yeah, I thought he did fine. I totally agree with you. I feel like there are people who are like, well, he doesn't look exactly like Harrison Ford, and he isn't Harrison Ford from when he was young. I thought 
he was I thought he did a fine job. He's very handsome. Oh, is he? I think he is. Oh, okay. (laughs) I think uh, he's got a great smile. He has great hair. Yeah. Um, I thought he did a fine job. I think he's a good actor. And I think that everyone should just lay off. Well, also, well, (laughs) not not only like... Because you're right. Time travel doesn't exist. And they definitely weren't going to do like a CGI thing. Um, so I think I mean I think it was fine. I think. Can you imagine if they just CG'd a young Harrison Ford? That would be time? weird. Uh, be Misa really weird. not a like a not a that a not bomb bad. The uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I I, th- I thought he I thought he did fine. He sold it to me at least. You make up for the ten years difference. Yeah. Now if it was supposed to be he was playing Harrison Ford like you know now the day I before like, a New Hope or something. I like um I liked Han Solo a lot in the uh, original trailer. Um, but I maybe I disagree with you a little because like I always felt like Han Solo was kind of a bad guy when you first meet oh, him. Oh, really? Because like the first shot you see of him, he's like straight up murdering a dude. It was I know this is it, but it was either kill to kill me. To me, there's a difference between to me. There's a but difference. like if you're the type of guy who puts yourself in those kinds of situations, you're not a great guy. If you see though the way this movie starts, he was born in those types of situations, That's right? True, you yes. know, I, I don't know. Like I know, I don't know. I mean, Han shot first, obviously. <laughs> but to me, there's a difference between I know there's a person who's going to kill me. And I need to kill him first. Not that I'm condoning. I personally try to lead a lead a vi- uh, life of nonviolence, <laughs> but it, for movie's sake, uh, to me that's less apprehensive than murdering uh, innocent people or something like that. That's what be- that's what Darth Vader does. Like right. Kylo, okay. right? That's what separates <laughs> Han man. Solo. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's so. what separates Han Solo from his son. Oh. <laughs> Yeesh. Yeesh. Uh, what's your are we up to your third thing are we up to my third thing yeah sure yeah. Yes. what's your third thing my third thing I think this was... is working pretty well for us too <laughs> to kind of keep us checking along so oh we, can... we need to talk about the secret character yeah the, no and the secret Ki- character and Kira's twist quote unquote twist betrayal at the end of the movie Darth Maul Darth Maul no that was so wait a second so so that was such a cool moment. <laughs> it was such a cool moment, but it had me thinking, like, setting that timeline up. So that, I mean, we all knew. So uh, for any listeners that may not be intimately familiar with what's considered canon and what is not canon, uh, the movie is canon. Right. Clone Wars, the TV show canon. Yes. Rebels, the TV show canon. Yes. And... I never watch these episodes, but I just know that Darth Vader, or Darth Maul, I should say, is revealed to have survived when he got sliced in half. That's right. At the end of episode one. He's got robotic legs. And this is in Clone Wars that it's revealed, right? I think so. I think so. And then I think he shows up in Rebels as well. He shows up in Rebels as well. So what is great is, to me, there's a big difference between a TV show, and it's like, yeah, it's canon, everybody, and like, really like, dude... He's in one of the movies. Mm -hmm. Because let's say you're a fan of just the movies, which there's a lot of people that just watch the movies and never watch Clone Wars. I imagine they must have been really confused about seeing Darth Maul again, right? (laughs) Yeah, because we thought he was dead. He got cut in half. I mean, my first thought was, is this... I was even kind of doubting, like, is this Darth Maul and is this just another... Was it... um, Thangarian, or I'm trying to think of what his race is, you know, oh, that has the same oh, tattoos. Like, but I think it is him. I think it is. Does him she ever too. call him Darth Maul? 
Ooh, I don't know. I wasn't yeah. paying that much attention. I think it is him. It's meant to be. It's got the right tattoo. It's meant to be him. Does it yeah. credit him as him in the credits? Ooh, I didn't pay attention. I'm just, I'm just saying uh, this. So first of all, that's a great because here's the deal. Darth Maul's a huge fan favorite, yes. right? You see him, and I, I would argue uh, uh, one of the best parts of Episode One. Yeah, like such a half of a Star Wars character, in my opinion, is if you look at them, literally half. Of the character. Go ahead. Oh, ha, 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 ha. In Star Wars, I think half of the character is just what do they look like? And can you look at them and do they have a cool look? Yeah. And Darth Maul has a demanding it presence. so cool. And it was, I think a lot of people think it's a shame he got sliced in half before Definitely. he got to do cool things. So yeah. here's a question for you. Darth Maul is now, I mean, he's always been in canon as far as coming back because of TV shows. But now he's showing up in movies. Are we going to see him in future movies? That'd be, I'd be down with that. <laughs> I mean, what, what was the, what's the name of the criminal movie? group? Black Sons? What's the name of the group? Oh, I forget. Because she was, like, working with yes. them or whatever. And yeah. then she betrayed Han. Did you see that coming? I did. Yeah, yeah I yeah. feel like I think we all did. Yeah. But that's okay. I think, I, that, to me, if a twist... Except for Han. Han didn't see Thank it you. I think if a twist is seen coming, like, I think we also saw... Well, we I did um, Woody Harrelson's yeah. character. You know, I think just because you see a twist coming doesn't Real mean... Real quick, how awesome was Woody Harrelson in this movie? He's he so was just, good. He was so good, and it, it's so interesting seeing, like, how Han... A lot of this movie was not just a movie of first meetings, but uh, of, of how did Han learn... How to be the Han we know, right? And he was—he was such a, a great character. I—I I felt very bad when his love interest died. You know, I don't think they were like a wife or a married couple. You know, but just there, and that, that was kind of hard to watch because he was like, this guy doesn't have much, right? He's yeah. living by the skin of his teeth. Yeah. You know, which Han inherited. Now he's living by the skin of his teeth. You know. Um, but no, her betrayal wasn't a surprise to me, but I still think it was a really cool moment because the idea is we're all looking at it going, it's going to happen. And Han doesn't see it, one, because he's still a little naive, and two, he's got the goo-goo eyes. Yeah. Right? You know? I felt so bad for him, though, when he watches her little yacht take off. He thinks for sure, yeah. he's I, I guess he's like never going to know like why she left. And I was wondering, does she leave it to protect him? I mean, here's the deal. She betrays him. As she in, does betray she, she takes the credits, him. right? Yeah. But she doesn't betray him as in leaving him to die, betray him. Right. Yeah. And in a way, she actually, she kind of saves him yeah. from that lifestyle by, like, completely cutting him out of her life. Like, she's so deep into that lifestyle. Yeah. Well. Like, she, she knows that she can't get out. I think, well, yeah, I think she's so deep she can't get out. And two, I think she had a taste of the power, right? Mm. She worked her way up and she was like the personal assistant to the previous boss. And she got a taste. She had. To, she kept saying, you don't know the things I had to do. No, no, Han, you don't know the things I had to do. And I think. We got a little taste of it when she did those like martial arts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think, and I, I think what it is, is she's got two choices. One. I think she does love Han. I think she does. I think, one, she could be with the man she loves, and they could be on the run for their entire lives, and possibly both end up dead, or he end up dead. Or two, she can stay on top and be safe, and hopefully keep him safe, too. Right. It's not. It's a choice she made with the head, not with the heart, you know? So cool. Darth Maul. 
Darth Maul, It's just man. so weird. Like, it was... I mean, it was such a cool twist. I thought... And I kind of like, too, if we're talking about twists, not to stray from our outline too much, but the twist involving <laughs> the group of people that are, like, chasing Han... Like, I don't remember what they're called. They have a cool name, but they've got, like, the cool uniforms. Yes, yeah. And then it come turn to find out that they're not terrifying monsters. They're just people. Yeah, not and just their people. leader is a little girl. Yeah, not just people, but young kids. <laughs> yeah. Their leader's a young girl. I love that. Like, I kept thinking, like, who's under this helmet? I was like, is under this helmet someone we know? Is it, like, I don't know. I don't know, Boba Fett or something. You know what I mean? Like, what's under this helmet? And it's not someone we know, but the twist is that it's it subverts your expectations. Yeah. You think it's a big hulking monster, you know? So cool. So. I thought it was cool, too. And what is your final thing? That you uh, my about? final thing is I thought that um, Donald Glover did a phenomenal job as <laughs> Mr. Lando. Um, once again, I, I've always actually liked Lando a little bit more than Han Solo in like the the original trilogy. But I thought he, I think he nailed it as being a young Billy D. Williams. I thought he brought the swagger. He made me love him so much. Like that, everything you heard about me is true. Yeah, oh, so good. And like he he could buy any ship, but he's driving around in this hunk of junk because he's got he knows what's a good thing, right? You know, and if he's not a perfect person. He's got his vanity. He's got his whole... He likes custom yes. capes. <laughs> and he, he knows his way around. I don't really like that he, he... Personally, that he's cheating, but you're in a bad area. You gotta cheat. But then that's twisted on him later at the end. Um, and part of the reason Lando totally made me love it, because I think he said something super prof- profound in this movie that I think works with... Uh, fits with... Uh, some of the the things we try to promote with this podcast, same team, y'all. There's a part when Han, um, uh, I think it's Woody Harrelson's character, like uh, underbids him in some way to kind of, so he ends up making less money, and they're still using his ship, and because oh, because it's impounded or something like that. And uh, Lando says, um, "I don't like it, I don't agree with it, but I accept it." And that is like. I don't know. To me, I watch it in the movie, and that's so <laughs> profound. Because how many things does work? Uh, we probably all have a shopping list of stuff we don't like. Stuff we turn on the news, right? Stuff you don't like. Stuff you don't. Stu- stuff that you don't agree with. But to accept something doesn't mean you agree with it or that you resign yourself to it. You accept that it exists. You know, to do otherwise is folly. And it was just so this wise nugget shooting out of this man's <laughs> mouth. It was so amazing. And I was like, how much? Imagine what life could be like, right? Like or earlier today, not not to like life lesson your life lesson, but I mean, oh, yeah. imagine if we all had the the wisdom of people are treating us in a certain way. I don't like it. I don't agree with it, but I accept it. You know, and to, I think sometimes people think acceptance means you're resigned to it and that that you you've you've surrendered to it, but that's not true. It just means you're accepting that it's a thing in your life. You know, Lando, Lando, wisest man in the galaxy, so good. Oh, so I think that's a great place to leave it. <sighs> Well, this concludes your solo talk. Yeah. Uh, send in your thoughts for the the solo movie. We would love to hear what they are. Maybe it's a thing you're loving, and uh, you can submit it via email to sameteamyall at gmail.com. Perhaps you'll uh, win that sweet Same Team Y'all badge and that awesome Amazon gift card for hurrah, hurrah, hurrah dollars. So, <laughs> <sighs> Guys, thanks so much for joining us. May the force be with you. Always. Always.